0: On today's episode, we'll be discussing the business of giving patients control of their health data. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareitdata.com. So Colin, uh, do you have access to your health data? <laughs>
1: Uh, John, I am Canadian. Therefore, I do not have access to my own health data. <laughs>
0: that should be easier. It's all one system. like. know,
1: yeah. and, and we have actually a patient identifier that's universal. <laughs> yeah, right? like,
0: exactly. Yeah. I guess the patient identifier doesn't solve all problems like they say.
1: <laughs> no, it, it just makes it more tantalizing because it's possible. It's right? <laughs> uh, so
0: interesting, though. Why don't they give you the data? It's, it's just not a priority in the investment?
1: Yeah, well, because, you know, the government just hasn't invested to make the systems available, we can get our lab tests now, and and they are slowly doing this, but it's not like it's, you know, it's not like I can log on to the portal, and it just instantly access everything from the payer side of the government that runs it.
0: Interesting. Uh, I can only
1: get bits and pieces, much like you can in the US, right? I have to go to the hospital that I went to to go get my data, I have to go to the lab to get my data. Yeah, not a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have mine. I, a part of me has said, well, what would I even put there? Cause I'm relatively healthy. The only incidents I've had are like all uh, orthopedics. Like I consider him my primary doctor, my primary care doctor. Cause I would like to play sports and hurt myself. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, I'm like, what would I put there? They're all incidents that don't really have an effect on the future. You know, my hernia operation when I was 14, do I put that down? You know, I don't have any allergies. I'm not on any medications. Like, what do I even put there? <laughs> so that's right. why I'm like, yeah, it's just not worth it.
1: Well, actually, that, that leads me to my question for you, John. Like, So why, why do or uh, patients need or want access, uh, or for that matter, control of their health data?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think I should start with this premise. Patients should have access to all of their data. So, like, I don't think I think we both agree on that, right? That like, hey, they own access to the data, they deserve access, and they should have the opportunity and the right to get that data. And we should make that available through these systems. So that I think is clear. And the government's gotten way behind that as well. I mean, that's the thrust of their efforts. And so I think, you know, they should, right? And in some cases, it makes complete sense. Uh, You know, I think of our good friend, Grace Cordovano, who's an, an advocate for many cancer patients. And, you know, the work that she does to advocate for that patient requires access to the data so that she can advocate effectively for the patient. And that is the ideal way to get care is to have either yourself or someone else as a patient advocate accessing the information to make sure it's accurate, to find out what the results are, to make sure it's being shared between it. I mean, this is, at least in today's healthcare system in the US, this is a valuable thing if you want the best care. And so patients, especially with chronic conditions, need and want access to that so that they can know that they're getting the care that they need and that they deserve and that it's going to be the best care possible for them.
1: Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you. I, I think access to me, there's two parts to this question. One is access, and I agree. I think everyone should have access, and it should be as easy as possible, as friction-free as possible. Um, and and you know, yes, the government has done some some things in both countries and countries around the world to enable that for patients, right? And I think that's a good thing. Uh, we're not there yet. There's lots of still hurdles and challenges, which we'll talk about in a second. But I think that is a good thing. I think the the Control side, though, is a bit interesting for me, Mm. Um, you know, as a patient and and like you, John, like relatively healthy, not a lot of chronic conditions, you know, so knock on wood. I'm not in that sort of category. Um, Do I want control of my health data? Like, do I want to get into, oh, like this pharmaceutical company wants to run a test? you know, who needs my access to my data? Do I really want to be like pinged every single time that happens? And <laughs> do I really, you know, what happens if some specialist wants to look at something? Do I want to be able to authorize it and, and say, yes, they can, like every single time? Um, you know, I'm not sure um, I want that, um, at least for me. So yeah. I think the control aspect is interesting because then if I control it, then am I responsible for maintaining it? Right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if I had control of my data and I was actually the only one in control, um, you know, does that absolve the healthcare organization of storing their own version, right? And so every time I go, I have to like give them access to my, my version, does that mean I have to maintain it and go, well, I got to make sure the codes are correct? Do I have to do the terminology trans- translation between what this person said and what that person said? Like, that That's where it gets really interesting for me in terms of yeah. whether or why patients don't want it actually, want control.
0: Yeah, and that reminds me of, I think it was Greg Meyer who would often say this uh, in various you know, HITSM Twitter chats and whatnot. He'd be like, patients don't want to control their data. They want the organizations to share it where it's needed, when it's needed. <laughs> and I, I think he's right that like for the most part, you know, we want to control it because healthcare organizations aren't doing what we thought they were doing, which was sharing it where it was needed and with the specialists and having the specialist talk to the primary care doctor and having the ED share with your primary care doctor or with the specialist what was happening right. I think a lot of people thought that healthcare was doing that. And so Then they bump into some condition and they realize, oh, wait, you don't do that. (laughs) And so then they're like, well, then I guess I have to do it myself. And so, you know, I think patients want to do it because the healthcare system isn't doing it. If the healthcare system was working effectively and sharing data where it needed to be shared, i don't think patients uh, i know i definitely wouldn't want access you know wouldn't care about access to my data at all i but what i do care about is making sure that my data is to the right person at the right time and sure maybe as a control freak i want access to the data just to verify and you know do those types of things that makes sense right but my goal would be you know it's kind of like my, my bank right like I don't want access to it necessarily to be able to share it with the next bank. (laughs) I I trust that the banks are going to reconcile it if I do an ACH transfer and it's going to work effectively. Right. And I, but I do want access to just verify, Oh yeah, it was done properly.
1: Yeah. I can totally see correcting information and, you know, making sure that what's inside is accurate. Um, Also there may be some problems that maybe I'm more incented to look for or look at if I had, um, uh, access to to my data but again i go back to having access is the is the critical part and and maybe i even want to know who has access to my data like i want to see oh it's these doctors these facilities these organizations okay cool like i, I that's a whole other see, can of worms <laughs> but, but, but i want to see that do i want to control that though i mean mm. maybe in certain instances i don't want google to have it because maybe i don't believe in the research they're doing okay fine i can kind of understand that but let's be honest that's not the major use case for health data for me as an individual. Most of the time, yes, as you put it, it's this other organization that I have had to go to see that needs access to my record in order to give me the care that I want. And so do I want to be in the middle all the time, filling out the consent forms and authorizing them to this record? And, you know, the answer is no. I, I would have expected, as you said, that the healthcare system takes care of this.
0: right? Well, and I think that's the problem is that we, you know, everyone that's been in this situation realizes that it's not going to happen. Like, I think that's why so many people come to us and it's just astounding how many companies come to us with, I've got a great idea. What if we aggregate all the patient's data and give them it all, and then they can give it to the provider that needs it. And, you know, like I think we realize why that's needed It's because we know that the health system is not going to solve this problem for us. Uh, there's just too many entities. There's too many formats. There's too many players. It's too, you know, distributed across companies and organizations and standards and et cetera, et cetera, that, I think we, I think it's clear we're not going to solve this at least in the immediate future. And so then the question is, okay, if the health system is not going to solve it, well, then it is up to the patient to access their data and ensure that it's being shared properly and all that. And so, you know, that I, where do you see that? Like, okay, we all see that's a problem. We all see there's value in the right people having access to your health data, but what are the challenges for why this hasn't happened? (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> you, you just hit some of those in your, in your, your statement just there, John, like, like if you've ever tried to get your own data, forgetting about like, giving it to someone else. I mean, just you yourself trying to get your own data. There are so many places you have to go to get your complete health record, right? There's the lab you went and saw that one time, right? There's all the tests that you've done at your local pharmacy, who doesn't talk to the health system that you went to, right? There's the place you went for your broken, broken leg, which may or may not be the same place that you get your primary care. So there are so many, first of all, there's so many different places. And then each of those places has their own system. So you getting the data. And getting it into an electronic format, that's great. But then it's not the same format. Some may be in fire, you know, or or (laughs) uh,
0: CDIAs. Some may be a text message on Facebook with a doctor friend. That
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like there's so many different formats through no fault of the system. It just, you know, You could say, well, you know, shouldn't the healthcare system have been on a single standard format? The answer is, well, maybe, but what about your dentist, right? What about Mm -hmm. the chiropractor? Like, how far do you go to get that longitudinal record? So I think that's the biggest challenge is just the breadth of places you have to go. And then, yeah, the data
0: format that these are in, they're not the same. Yeah, you know, this is my favorite story in regards to why getting access to all of your data, which I mean, there's an interesting question, do you need all of it? And I think the answer to that is yes, or nearly yes, right, for it to be really valuable to you. Uh, And so, you know, my favorite story was a company that was literally paying doctors to give them the data for patients their business model, which, you know, obviously it failed, but <laughs> they would go to the doctor and they'll say, we'll pay you if you upload the patient's information here or you transfer it here or whatever. And guess what? Even with paying the doctor, they still couldn't get the da- doctors to give them the data. And you're like, wow, this problem is hard to solve.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very challenging. And, and like, I, like I was saying, like, how far do you reach down? Like, what about Fitbit information? Like that's health mm-hmm. data, right? Like, and, and that might different- be the
0: easiest data to get, ironically.
1: <laughs> probably. Probably. But uh, so that's one challenge. Then second of all, like, what's the chance? Like once you have it, right? Like, let's say you're able to get all of the data, which, you know, is a magical thing. <laughs> it's like a unicorn. I'm not really sure we're ever going to see that. But let's say you were able to do that. Now you have all this data. What are you going to do with it? Like, like, are you like, is there, a, there's no service that I can subscribe to this is, oh, like, I'm going to subscribe to this early warning system that, you know, should anything happen to my data, then it warns me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, like, what, what do I do with that kind of stuff? Do I give it to an analysis company? Like that would tell me what my percentage of likelihood of getting cancer is maybe, but that's like a one-time thing
0: and I don't need it again. Right. Like, ironically, that may be the way that this breaks out. It's less about the kind of institutional healthcare data that's in the EMR and the Fitbits of the world, which is a bad example because it's not that medically relevant. So maybe it's the Alive Cords of the world and the Apple Watch and the, you know, Wything's watch, you know, those ones right. that are doing the ECG and, you know, and then also they have my scale and they also have my temperature and now they have a sleep one, right? You know, like if we get those combinations of sensors that aggregate, again, it's got to aggregate all the data across five or six sensors, possibly multiple companies, still a major problem, right? Uh, but once it does, could they do something of like what you described, which is, proactively tell me how my health is doing and the risks that are associated with my health. So they actually work to keep me healthy as opposed to just treat my chief complaint. And so I think that's where it actually may be more interesting is the consumer health data actually having an impact on my health more than it does aggregating the EMR data around a chief complaint that I already know about and has already been fixed. And so, you know, to your point, like, what value is having all of that data when it's already been treated and not, you know, I'm, I'm healed from it. Like it's not as valuable for sure. Right.
1: Right. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're discussing the business of giving patients control to their health data. So John, let's talk a little bit about the business side of gathering all this data into one place. So we're going on the assumption that this is possible um, and we're ignoring the fact that, you know, is it really needed?
0: <laughs> we can get all the data. We <laughs> can get all the data.
1: Um, what are some of the business models that you've seen across your desk about what
0: people are trying to do once that has occurred? Yeah, so there's two that I've seen most common. I'll throw one and then let you chime in. But the first one that I, I think is a real problem is do I have to fill out that? intake paperwork when I go to the doctor, if we could solve that, right? Like if some system could say, Hey, if you fill out your information here, I'm never going to have to fill out that intake paperwork for a doctor again. Or if I do, it's two questions. What are you feeling today? And what's your problem? You know, like if, if I could stop listing my medications, my allergies, my family medical history, my everything else, if you could solve that, That would be an incredible situation. And every patient I know would go and fill that out and do it. Of course, the problem with this business model is – some people have done this. In fact, it was almost a decade ago when I first heard about someone who did this in the no more clipboard system. And he faxed the, uh, the information to the doctor, which, you know, probably dates that story, but he faxed (laughs) it to him. And then he gets there and he he wanted to see what would happen. I mean, literally it's his full record. It's more than they could ask on any sort of intake paperwork. And he shows up and they hand him the clipboard (laughs) and he has to fill it all out. And so you look at that and you're like, okay it's great that you've aggregated all the data but how do you bridge all the data being in one system or on a usb drive or in a portal or in whatever it is right on the blockchain (laughs) we'll throw that out there Uh, you know once it's there how do you bridge that to the doctor so that the doctor gets all of that information in the workflow that they want to have and that's the problem
1: yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting problem. And, and you're right. I mean, it's, uh, that's definitely a model of, yeah, if we could solve that, I think people would love it. But um, yeah, they don't. Related to that, John, I would say the other, it's, uh, the other problem is, even if you, uh, I think one of the problems that patients have is, I don't want to take that test again. Or didn't mm-hmm. I have this test already done by another facility a couple of weeks ago? Can't you just use that? You know, so step one of that problem is that system you're currently at probably doesn't have access to that record. So if you had access, would that prevent an extra test from happening? And my answer to that is it probably won't. (laughs) Having access to that prior test, (laughs) in most cases, the facility you're at, the person you're seeing that's new will probably want their own version of that test. Why? To validate and verify because they trust their testing group or whatever they're going to do versus this other entity that may not be doing it the same way they want to have it done or maybe weren't looking for the same things that you they want to look for. So like the clipboard example, yes, I think it might be helpful in some cases to know and see the history of all the tests you've had done. But I think in a lot of cases, the doc you're seeing is just going to order another one. So you're not really saving anything. You're not really gaining anything by having um, that 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 access to the data given to that new doctor. Which, I've heard of a couple of companies that were kind of banking on that ROI, right? Mm-hmm. Like to say, hey, like by having access to this record, you don't have to order that extra test. Therefore, it's a net savings to the organizations. My comment was, who's that money saving? Like, where's the savings yeah. going? Because <laughs> this is billed
0: back to the patient anyway. <laughs> Well, and that, that's the problem, right? And, uh, you know, this is a slightly jaded view, but I guess listeners are probably used to that from me. So, uh, you know, you look at that, and you say, okay, here's my business model, you know, provider organizations, we're going to stop all of these redundant tests. Let me translate that for the provider organization. We're going to cut into your revenue and get rid of all these really profitable tests. Like (laughs) that's, that's sadly the pitch that is there. It reminds me of, I think Christina Farr. Uh, She she tweeted out this amazing story and I can't remember who it was. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes, but yeah, it was this guy. He said, I thought if I solved patient problems, I would have an amazing company he said, but it turns out healthcare doesn't work that way. And it's kind of exactly what you're describing, right? If healthcare was about the patient and about lowering costs, then this solution would just make sense. But there's a lot of people that unfortunately are profiting from the dysfunction of repeat tests. And so to your point, and you can usually come up with some sort of medical rationale for why you need to do it again. It was too long ago. I'm not sure I trust the data. Was the source right? Did you do it standing or did you do it sitting? You know, whatever, I mean, you can usually come up with something and, and, and do it again. And so that's why that's a problem. Uh, You know, the other one that for me that stands out is data, selling the data. Mm, Uh, You know, people look at that and say, well, you know, you're making billions on this data and selling it or hundreds of millions. Why don't you pay me for the data? Because it's my data. And whenever I hear that, I think, yeah, that's true. They are making hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, many of these companies. But unfortunately, when you dig down deeper and you realize, wait, across millions of patients... You know, your record itself might be worth like a dollar sixty-five. So you're like, hey, Colin, will you give me all your data for forty-six cents? Because your data is worth that to me. You know, you're like, well, because as an individual record, it's not worth very much, but in aggregate, a million people across 46 cents. Well, that's, that's a lot of money. Right. And so I think that's the problem is we overestimate the value of our record. And there are some people probably that are worth 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or even 500 or a thousand bucks. Right. But that changes the whole situation when the majority of people's are worth a dollar 32. Right. So, you know, uh, that's a great business model. I'm gonna pay you a dollar thirty-two for your records. Yeah, not gonna happen,
1: right? Well, and and then it goes back to the problem you were stating before, John. Like, you, even if you found a company that was willing to, like, a research organization, a pharmaceutical company, someone running a clinical trial, um, you know, you're gonna need the complete record, right? In yeah, order, they're gonna true. want the complete record. So, you know, yes, they'll pay you, but they'll want everything about that patient. And then you're back to the problem of, do you have the complete record? Or do you just have the fact that they are a 40-year-old living at in, in this zip code without these chronic conditions or with these chronic conditions and is not a smoker or is a smoker? Like you have that basic information, but do you have all the latest tests, right? Do you have all of this? Kind of, who, is, who is it that they're seeing? Like all that information potentially is information that is worth something to whoever is buying it. Um, And then there's not, then forget about like, what about the ethic, the ethicalness of it, right? Like you're going to sell the data to a a pharmaceutical company that's looking to look in to see how many people are on their competitor's
0: uh, drug, right? Or medication, right? Like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of interesting ethical questions there. And I think the overarching principle for me, when I look at this is like, Anytime I've had this discussion with people, we all like intuitively know that there's a problem. And we wish that the problem of the right data being to the right person at the right time was solved. But when you start to slice it up, you realize that to in order to make a business out of this, you're you end up slicing out the population where it's like, oh, this would be a great solution for one percent of the population, right? Or for even 10% of the population, but everyone thinks, oh, it's a problem that everyone has when in reality, no, it's like 1% of the population really would benefit from this or has value. And so finding a solution that solves for everyone, you know, is just really hard to do. Uh, I agree. I agree. So John, where
1: are some bright spots? Are there, is there anyone, uh, any organization or any examples where you think it's, this is actually being done well?
0: Yeah. So as I look at it, I I think there are bright spots. And I I think we have made big strides. But here's the thing that we need, I think, need to temper our our, our understanding that help us understand what we've accomplished, which is, are we ever going to have a pure, perfect, longitudinal health record of, of that patient? My opinion is we will never have that. I don't think that's possible. But I go back to, we don't have to have that to solve many of the problems we have in healthcare. Point solutions that share specific data and avoid redundant tests as we move into a value-based care world, right? Where redundant tests are a problem. And you know, like that can be really effective. And so, and even the notifications, right? I mean, I love what direct trust is doing and some of the other regulations coming out of ONC talking about that if you went to the hospital, let's notify your primary care provider so they at least know that you were admitted to the hospital, you went to the ED, whatever it might be. Like, So some of those communications are some of the bright spots I see. Are they going to send the full patient record? No, Like, but they don't need to to provide value. And so I think there are these um, kind of point-to-point interoperability solutions and sharing of patient data that are powerful And so I think that's, to me, is one of the most exciting things is, okay, let's put out of our head that we're going to have a perfect solution that shares every information that's needed. And let's focus on things that maybe are small slices, but they actually impact patient care. Right.
1: I mean, all we have to do is look at history and go, Microsoft tried to do a longitudinal record. Apple tried to do a longitudinal record. Google Google tried to do a longitudinal (laughs) record. And they got out of that business, right? And, and you'd think a company like that, you could argue, well, maybe they're so big, they got cum- cumbersome, but they had the, some of the best scientists, some of the best people working on this problem. And even they realized, you know what, there's not a business model here. So I look yep. at that history and kind of go just kind of reiterating what we were talking about before. But I like where you went because I agree. I think there's some bright spots that are very specific. I'm starting to see some, the rise of um, some very specific uh, organizations targeted around clinical trials. And they're building these massive clinical trial databases for very specific types of patients, Mm. not every patient, but for a very specific patient. We're also seeing some organizations getting together. Like we, you know, when we were at Vive, we met with uh, Truveta, right? An amalgam of a bunch of uh, healthcare organizations getting together and pooling their de-identified data. Why? Well, right now they're using it to kind of look at COVID related um, and, and cases and seeing, is, is hospitalizations going up and down, right, in our area? And is there anything we can do about that? Can we look at other uh, um, uh, public health data around that? And now, of course, they're looking at how can we monetize this uh, de-identified data or make that available to other public public health organizations so that they can tap into it. So it's working, right? These organizations have gotten together. They have massive amounts of records. They figured out a way to put that together in a standardized way uh, and they're making it available. So that to me is a, is a bright spot where I don't know if they're figured out 100% how they're going to monetize it, but I like the fact that they actually got together and figured out how to put it in a common
0: format. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we're seeing that with a number of organizations. You're right that being able to access the data to evaluate it in aggregate, that is starting to happen on a scale that wasn't happening previously. I mean, I think of Clarify Health is doing a lot of that work, and they even partner with LexisNexis to access some, even some of the consumer data along with the health data, which I think is you know LexisNexis is an interesting partner for a lot of organizations that want to go beyond just some of the health data into you know all sorts of types of data. So I think those are interesting. You know, the other thing that you know, as I look at interoperability, like okay, it's great point solutions, <laughs> and it's great, uh, you know, the aggregate data. But I also have hope with what's happening with APIs. Now we're seeing something happen is that once they've started opening the APIs, we really how ha- we realize how rudimentary they are and how much more we want. But once you just dis- you know have people desire something and realize oh, this is possible, and I do want access to that, and I can be trusted with a two-way API that allows me to read and write to it. Like, once you st- you know, give, you know, it's like putting a little piece of blood into the water for a shark, right? Once they start feeding, then they want more. And I think that we're at that point in APIs where we're like, hey, you gave me enough, now I want everything. And we're going to see some demand for that. And I think we'll see that evolution where these companies do open their APIs to a much broader access and they start trusting organizations to be able to read and write to that API.
1: Well, let's hope. I mean, that's the hope, right? Like exactly what happened with GPS when they made it available to everyone. All of a sudden you had all these applications now that use GPS and it wasn't until those APIs existed. So hopefully that'll be the same for our health data. Hey, that's another episode. So thanks to all of you who tuned in to Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by clicking on the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com and of course, by sharing your voice and engaging with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag i I'm Colin Hong with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lynn. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.